0: section two of prowling about panama this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org read by katerina prowling about panama by george a miller section two the trail of the pirates the present conglomerate of humanity living on the isthmus of panama is the racial remainder of some very much mixed social history here were enacted some of the most stirring stories and tempestuous times in american history in 1453 the eastern roman empire fell before the assaults of the turks and closed the land routes to india nearly forty years later columbus set sail in his great effort to find a westward passage for the commerce of europe in this he failed but on his fourth and final voyage discovered the isthmus of panama and landed on the shores of the chiriqui lagoon supposing that the beautiful inland sea must be the long sought passage westward. here the town of almirante still bears his name at portobello in st christopher bay he made brief stops and returned to spain having no idea of the character of the isthmus he had discovered on november third nineteen o three exactly 400 years from the day that columbus set foot on the soil of panama the republic of panama declared its sovereign independence and began its national life as one of the family of american nations in the sixteenth and seventeenth centuries the caribbean main was overrun by as unscrupulous and bloodthirsty a set of pirates as ever sailed any sea even without these rascals there would have been trouble enough and with them the story is sufficiently lurid for the most melodramatic taste one name stands out above his fellows the intrepid navigator who first saw the waters of the pacific set forth at the age of twenty-three as an adventurer and after various experiences embarked as a stowaway for his second voyage by personal persuasion he became the partner of his master and after founding a colony in darien sent senor endico back to spain in irons for his pains this left balboa supreme with the whole castilla de oro castle of gold country before him for exploration he at once sent pizarro to examine the interior and gathered the scattered fugitives from former expeditions the combined forces took the field against the indians when they reached the domain of the most powerful chief of the country peace was made this chief was a real aristocrat with mummied ancestors clothed in golden pearls and he gave to valboa four thousand ounces of gold sixty wives and offered to show him the way to a country beyond the dim mountains where a powerful people lived in magnificence and sailed ships of solid gold he also entertained his distinguished visitor with tales of a temple of gold called 40 leagues further than Darien, and said that the mother of the sun, moon, and stars lived there. Balboa's imagination was stirred by these stories, and he prepared an expedition of discovery. No temple of gold was found, but internal dissensions and Indian attacks disturbed the peace of the colony. Reinforcements arrived, and with them the title of Captain General. Balboa now set out on what was to be the most famous event of his life he had been promised the sight of a great ocean to the south after he had climbed certain mountains various indian oppositions developed but on the twenty-sixth of september fifteen thirteen at about ten o'clock in the morning balboa and his men from the top of a high mountain saw for the first time the waters of the vast pacific the priest of the expedition named Andreas de Vara, chanted a te deum with the entire company on their knees A cross was raised, and the names of the Spanish rulers carved on the surrounding trees. After meeting several Indian tribes, the descent was made to the shore, and Balboa waded knee-deep into the surf, and, waving this banner of Spain, proclaimed that the newfound ocean and all land bordering thereon should be the property of his sovereign. For a long time this new ocean was known as the South Sea, and Balboa at once set about exploring the vicinity the Pearl Islands were located, taken possession of, and named. A later expedition by a less difficult route crossed the isthmus of Panama and conquered the Indians on the Pearl Islands, bringing back plentiful tribute of fine pearls from the subdued chief. The year following, in 1514, arrived the black villain of the story in the person of Pedrarias, sent out from Spain as governor of Darien. This disturber brought with him 2,000 men, Balboa built a fleet of ships on the Atlantic side, took them to pieces, carried them on the backs of Indians across the Isthmus, put them together again, launched them in the waters of the Pacific, and proceeded to explore the coast eastward from Panama. On his return from this trip, Balboa was arrested by Pedrarias on a trumped-up charge of treason, and in the 42nd year of his life was beheaded, while declaring his entire innocency of all treachery. Balboa was a product of his age and of thoughts he possessed a plenty but as one of the great explorers of history his end was a sad reward for the distinguished services that he rendered to the world in fifteen fifteen an expedition crossed the isthmus and camped near the hut of a poor fisherman at a point called by the natives panama for this name several explanations are given one of them being that there were many shellfish at this place the meaning of the name is now lost but in 1519 the city of panama was founded at this point by pedrarias two years later by order of the spanish crown the bishopric government and colonists of the isthmus were transferred from the atlantic side at darien to old panama history now began in earnest by the pacific in 1525 a priest celebrated in the cathedral at old panama solemn mass with two other men Pizarro in Almagro, the right being a solemn vow to conquer all countries lying to the south. For this purpose, an expedition was soon organized and sailed away along the west coast of South America. This expedition met with varying fortunes, but in time discovered the long-sought Peru with its splendid temples and golden treasures. The first regular trail across the Isthmus led from Nombre de Dios to Panama, crossing the Chagres River at Cruces later small boats sailed from nombre de dios to the mouth of the chagres and made their way up to cruces where their cargoes were transferred to the backs of horses for the rest of the journey to panama later nombre de dios was abandoned for portobello because of the very good harbour at the latter place the old trail was paved with stones for part of the way and the relics of this old road may still be found in a few places amid the tangled growths of the jungle With the conquest of Peru and the discovery of gold in Darien, old Panama came rapidly to its own and soon became a city of great importance, being for the time the richest city in New Spain. All the gold of Peru and the rich west coast was brought to Panama to be sorted and packed across the Isthmus, thence to be sent to Spain. Portobello became a rich town and maintained great annual fairs up to the time of its destruction by Morgan's pirates the century and a half between the establishment of old panama as the chief city of the isthmus and its destruction in sixteen hundred seventy one supplied one of the tempestuous periods of history it was on the isthmus of panama that the american slave trade began and was continued for three hundred years the native americans were so destroyed by the brutality and greed of the spanish conquerors that the expedient of importing black men from africa was devised in order to secure a labor supply for the country here arises the historical precedent for the use of west indian labor in the digging of the american canal the best account of the sacking and destruction of old panama is that written by john Esquemeling, and published seven years after the event of which he was an eyewitness being a member of the pirates band the detailed account of this event with the general pillaging of the isthmus by the english buccaneers has been narrated with much exactness and great interest stories of the great wealth of old panama in the day of its glory are not hard to find with the complete destruction of all this magnificence the present city was founded with due ceremonies in 1673 and much stone was transported from the old city and built into the new the cathedral was soon built and stands today as solid as when first erected the queen of spain sent detailed instructions for the building of the city and among other things directed that a safe wall for defense should be provided this was so well done that some of it still stands an interesting relic of the vigor and thoroughness of the civilization that produced it many years passed in building these walls and they were said to have cost ten millions of dollars most of which came from peru the story is told of a spanish king Who stood one day looking out of his palace window when asked what he was looking for he replied i am looking for those costly walls of panama they should be visible even from here a little knowledge of the business methods of those days may throw some light on the wise and rare force of the high cost of the old walls twenty-six years after the founding of the present city of panama an effort was made to establish an english colony in darien but fever and discouragement aided the Spanish in ending the venture. The eighteenth century is a monotonous one in Panama annals, marked mainly by frequent encounters between the Spaniards and the Indians. Several piratical expeditions ended in the scattering and murdering of the pirates and restoration of Spanish sovereignty. When the great movement in South America for political independence swept as far north as Colombia, and the decisive battle of Boyacá was fought in eighteen nineteen panama was very strongly held by spain as a place of maintenance for her armies and the city was at all times in a good state of defence in this same year however the first junta was formed for the purpose of bringing about independence from spain and sentiment in favour of the revolution grew very rapidly early in eighteen twenty one general murgen arrived with a promise of high reward if he could compose the difficulties in panama and save the isthmus to spain this he saw to be impossible and after having appointed Jose de fabrega as colonel he left for quito fabrega being isthmian born cast a slot with the revolutionists and on november twenty eighth eighteen twenty one a large and enthusiastic crowd assembled with representatives from all military and ecclesiastical organizations and panama was declared to be forever free from spanish dominion a few loyal troops seeing their helpless position laid down their arms and the change of government was effected without the shedding of a drop of blood something new in panamanian affairs simon bolivar sent over help for the independence but found the work done before his men arrived after this political upheaval panama slept on and would still be dormant today but for the discovery of gold in california in eighteen forty nine with the six months overland journey between the gold-hungry men of the eastern state and the gold-filled mountains of the west the isthmus suddenly came into prominence as an easier way of reaching california for seven or eight years after the finding of gold not less than forty millions of dollars of gold twelve millions in silver and twenty five thousand passengers were transported across the isthmus annually in eighteen fifty three the high water mark was reached when sixty six millions of dollars of gold were carried across to the atlantic side and shipped to new york this sudden development of the pack-train business brought to the isthmus a horde of chileans peruvians indians and mixed breeds among whom were the inevitable plunderers and spoilers the trail was again marked by blood and treachery many an unhappy pilgrim lost his riches and not a few lost their lives on the way at last the authorities were aroused to the necessity of making safe this highway suddenly become so important to the world the year of the first gold rush saw the organization of the panama railroad company in eighteen forty-six three american businessmen organized under the present name and secured a concession from new Granada for forty-nine years with such conditions that no ship canal could be constructed across the isthmus without the consent of the railroad company when the name of new Granada was changed to that of columbia the time was extended to ninety-nine years this concession in time came to be very valuable And the French Canal Company found it necessary to buy out the Panama Railroad in order to secure control of the exclusive right of way across the isthmus. Later, when the United States acquired the control of the French possessions in Panama, the Panama Railroad became one of the most valuable assets on the list. By conditions of the concession, this road was bound to pay to Colombia the sum of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year after various transfers and deals this still holds in the form of the obligation of the panama canal to pay this sum annually to the republic of panama the story of the early construction days of the panama railroad are as exciting as those of the morgan pirates with a far better outcome labor troubles were many and bitter and became necessary to hold men in jail until they were willing to work the attractions of the california goldfields were too much for the cupidity of men who saw daily pack trains loaded with gold from the Eldorado of the Northwest passing their wretched hovels and taunting them with visions of easy riches? But the work proceeded, and after interminable troubles with the black swamp between Aspinwall, Colon, and Gatton, the road was finished as far as Gatton in the year 1850. In 1855, the line was finished to Panama, and the romantic career of the most prosperous short railroad in the world was well under way. Charges for freight and passenger travel were enormous in the early days of the road. The fare was 50 cents per mile, with all baggage extra. Freight was carried across the Isthmus for 25 cents per pound, but so terrible were the old pack-train conditions that the travelers of that day were more than willing to pay such prices for the luxury of crossing the Isthmus by the railroad. At last the Colombian government took up the matter, and the passenger rate was reduced. Ten cents per pound continued to be the freight charge for years. The road made vast profits and by a combination of rates with the steamship companies maintained a monopoly of travel. A few years after the completion of the railroad, the pack train men and outlaws, deprived of their plunder by the road, became very active as brigands and on one occasion perpetrated a riot that cost 16 Americans their life and brought the United States and Colombia to the verge of open rupture as far back as 1515 a german named Schoner drew a map of the american continents with a clear line for a canal through the isthmus in 1581 an actual survey was made for a canal but nothing was done about it in 1620 diego de mercado submitted a long report to philip the second but the monarch turned it down saying that since god had joined the continents together it would be impious to try to separate them and a death penalty was decreed for anyone so rash as to try to undo the works of God in this way. In 1827, an engineer was sent by Simon Bolivar, president of the New Granada Federation, and a report was made commending the project of a combined rail and water route. In 1838, a French company aroused so much enthusiasm in the canal project that an expert was sent by the French government to look the ground over. He reported that a sea-level canal could be dug without going deeper than 37 feet, but the idea again was abandoned. Two American investigations were made in 1866 and 1875, and about this time much interest was aroused in the then-new Nicaragua project. The popularity of the Suez Canal, successfully completed in 1869, led directly to the de Lesseps organization of the Panama Canal Company agitation began in 1875 and in the year following a right of way was secured but with the panama railroad concession standing in the way the story of the work of the french company the new canal company and the final completion of the work by the united states government is told elsewhere now that the trail of the sixteenth-century pirates has become the most famous inland waterway of the world We can read with complacency the story of the wretched times during which the isthmus was the scene of constant strife verily panama was not a very good place for sightseeing in those days the prowlers of the infested jungles and bloodstained trails were not such as we would select as traveling companions today if any modern prowler becomes despondent and is tempted to complain that the former days were better than these let him read the story of old panama and then consider conditions as they are on the isthmus and on the zone to-day, and he will find food for reflection. End of section 2